All right, we are on. Welcome everybody. I have a guest with me today. Karen is here to help us overcome some money mindset blocks. Such a huge one. I know when I started as an entrepreneur, I did not foresee how important that was going to be. Mm. That overcoming years and years and years of this real poverty mindset was going to be the number one thing that I would need to do to actually make it in a business. Yeah, nobody expects it, do they? I'm sure you must encounter that a lot. How did you get started helping people with these things? Yeah, so my background is I was in the traditional investment business for about 25 years. And during that time, um, we had so many women coming through our doors who were going through some sort of life change, whether it was a death or a divorce or even wanting to start a business or do something like that. And they honestly did not even know where to begin. And it absolutely broke my heart to see that happening. And there is nothing more heartbreaking to see somebody, you know, she's in her 60s and realizing she does not have enough to get through her retirement. And, and, you know, we all have these retirement dreams, but we forget the key piece of information is how to fund it. And then when we find out we are actually our biggest stumbling box block to actually making it happen, that's how um, that's when I decided to leave the traditional investment business, start a company. It's called Financial Literacy for Her. And I started with my my partner, Erica Neal. And we just did. We really wanted to focus on mindset because there are lots of products out there that really discuss, you know, like the practical matter of finance. But what was but the problem is 80 percent of it is mindset. So once you have the mindset down, it becomes a practical matter. And so that's why, you know, we wrote our book and, you know, it's called Mind of Gold, A Girlfriend's Guide to Financial Freedom. And it start and we put Mind of Gold very intentionally because we want your mind to be of gold. Because then once you meet with your financial advisor or all the people, the service providers in your in your universe, you know where you're going and what you want, what your dreams are. And so that was the whole intention of what we wanted to do with this company and how we want to help others in the marketplace. Yeah, because then it's easy. Once yeah, you do the hard is. part of the mindset, the rest is just, like you said, it's just step by step, the practical stuff. That's the easy part. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and the bit and the biggest thing, too, is this isn't our exact topic today, but it's very important to the topic. And that is if you don't know what your purpose is or what your gifts are, it really can be a huge stumbling blocks. Because And, you know, that's part of the thing we really work with our clients to help them uncover who that is, because alignment is so important. You know, one of the biggest things I ask is, do your finances line up with what your purpose is? So and a lot of times, you know, I take people, you know, and that could be another 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 um, podcast for another day. But often what happens is I ask people is, you know, do your finances are your finances going to get you to where that dream is? And then the problem, the answer is almost always no. And then so the big piece is discovering what are my mind blocks that have kept me from getting there. So that's that's how we got to this specific topic. Yeah. And even figuring out what your dream is, where you want to be going is uh, a big challenge. It is because, you know, many years to find a purpose. And once I found it, I was like, wow, this is this feels so good to finally feel like I'm in the right place. I'm in my element. I have a talent for something like been missing out on that my whole life. Yeah. You know, and so many of us live our life for somebody else's dream for ourselves or trying to prove a point. 
Like for me, I can now prove to my dad I can do math, you know? And so I did that, check that box 25 years later. And now I get to help women ignite their dreams. That's what I was really called to do, you mm. know? And so, you know, and a lot of us will, you know, especially if we had a parent that was in a specific, specific industry is like, okay, go down that path because you have those genetics to say to go that way. And it's like, okay, well, here I am. And then you go in midlife and say, wait a minute, I, I'm living a joyless life. And sometimes you even have a ton of money in your bank account, but you're still living a joyless life. And that's really mm -hmm. where it gets confusing. And yeah. so that comes down to, well, when you're walking out in your purpose, that's where joy comes from. Yeah. When you're poor, you're thinking that money, that's, that's going to solve it all. And it's hard to believe that just having money in the bank is not going to check that inner fulfillment check mark. It's not enough. Yeah. You know, money is a tool, you know, it's a tool, you, you save it, you spend it, or you invest it. And, you know, it's, in fact, I, I was just talking to somebody last week and he was saying, and I, and I was telling him about this and he said, well, why wouldn't you be happy if you had all this money? And I'm like, sadly, the headlines tell us that that's not the case. And there are a lot of people who don't have a lot of money who are crazy happy. So it is a tool and it helps you, you know, when you know what your dreams are and what you need, that's a tool to help you fund your dream versus to be the answer. It's just a means to an end. Mm, a means to a great end. Yes, exactly. <laughs> your happy ending. <laughs> At least in this I, really, I definitely <laughs> relate to that, like doing something in your life to prove a point to somebody else. And we don't talk about that enough. I don't think that my parents ever set me up that way, but I had that internal feeling of like, I really want to prove myself. I want to prove myself to my dad who's wildly successful in his field. And I'm so different and I could never follow in his footsteps. And yeah. for a long time, my only goal was, you know, I want to be making the same amount of money as my dad. Cause then I'll feel successful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and is, you know, most people I talk to, particularly women, well, actually men and women too, right? You know, um, I'm so glad that my 19 year old son, well, he's now 20 years old. His father is a doctor. And when he went to school, he's like, well, I do really, I'm great, great at math. I'm great at science. I might as well be a doctor, but you know what? I actually took it through all my women's exercises and all the things about discovering your dream. And he's completely left the industry. And it's oh, been good. so exciting to see him at 19 <laughs> that, or, you know, well, he just changed at 19 and now 20 stepping into who he was called to be because he's willing to go and explore. Cause it's a matter of exploring too. And just getting rid of those things, you know, that, you know, those blinders you have on and the voice, you know, the voices, whether it's somebody else's voice or our own voice. And it's often and there's nothing worse than saying, well, I may as well do this. <laughs> like, yeah. Even if it's something you have a talent for, if it's not what's lighting you up, like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you're just in default mode, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what can you tell us today to help us? figure out where our money blocks are and what to do about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me share my screen and I have a um, presentation. Test out the slide thing. I haven't done this before. So it says share a screen. We'll see if I can do that. Um, share. Um, I'm going to try switching this layout. I think okay. And while you're doing that, I will get what I want up. So 
Um, okay. That is not the presentation. Are you seeing my screen right now? No. Okay. Well, that's actually good because... <laughs> Because it's a whole wrong thing. <laughs> it was not what was supposed to be showing. Okay, so sh uh, share. There we go. Share entire screen. Fingers crossed. Share. Oh, I had to click on yes. Okay. Oh, I see you. There we go. And uh, now, hopefully, can you see my screen, my presentation? Yes. Now we can see it. Excelente. So what are we going to talk about? What are your money blocks? That's what this is billed for. And that's what we'll talk about. So whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become our reality. Earl Nightingale said that. And it's so true because 90% of what drives us is going on in our, in our, in our subconscious mind. And only 10% of are we aware of what's going on in our conscious mind. So what happens is people have so many issues in their, um, with money and they, they, they say all the things in their mind. They know all the right things to say about money, but their life is not reflecting that at all. So it's, we need to really dive down into the, our subconscious. And so that's part of what I'm going to do today is help you dive into that, help recognize patterns, that sort of thing. Very nice. So, yeah, so we are about to blow our minds open and um, and learn more about our money blocks. And let's, just, you know, step into freedom, get rid of those barriers. So our money messages come from our childhood. Um, there are positive messages. One is we can use money to make the world a better place. Money is good because it provides us with what we need. And often you see your parents have calm, constructive conversations about money. Well, about 99% of the world belongs on the other side of the slide. I was going to say, is there anybody that's on that side? No, exactly. And if you are, you probably won't even be listening to us, right? <laughs> so so I just had to give it to do. It's, a, you know, one of the things you do with learning is point of contrast. So what's the other side of that? Believing money is evil and rich people are greedy. Or I wonder who they had to take advantage of to get that job. Or you see your parents fight about money all the time and you say, I never, you make a vow, I will never talk about money again. And so a lot of times if you go back and think about what, how, what was, what were the money conversations? What were the attitudes around money when you were growing up? That is when you can really start thinking about the things that you told yourself and the ideas, the, the, the conclusions you drew about money. So money blocks, just a definition is a series of thoughts, feelings, or behaviors that get in the way of you and accomplishing financial success. So signs you have a money block, you feel like you're doing everything right, but getting nowhere, or you have the knowledge and the wants, but not the results. You self-sabotage opportunities to make more money. And so many people fall into this trap. Um, you jump into freelancing without a plan. You constantly say, I'm bad with money. Our words have power. Avoid, and we avoid looking at bank statements or we overspend on our credit cards. Now, again, some of the things I already alluded to, the questions to ask yourself are, what do you say about money? Do you have a positive, negative, or confused tone when discussing money with friends or family? What do your friends and family say about money? That's very important to think about. 
And are you surrounding yourself with people with a positive relationship with money? And one of the questions that you can also ask is when you talk to people who are in your, your inner circle, ask them, when you hear me talking about money, what do you hear? Because sometimes we we have no idea what we're saying. And, so, you know, we've heard this, you know, we, we've had this personal experience ourselves. We've heard somebody have a really bad attitude about money, but they didn't even realize it. So it's a matter of hearing what are the things you say. Um, and how do you feel when you spend money? Do you do you feel guilty or is it like an endorphin rush, that adrenaline rush when you spend money? That also tells you a or little both. bit. What's that? Or both. I don't know. I get the endorphin rush and then I feel guilty. Well, well, and yeah. And that, and that often, and that's usually the case. And, but some people, they, they, they really struggle with spending money because, you know, it's a real poverty mindset. And then, you know, a lot of times you get that adrenaline rush because, you know, a lot of times you, it might be feeling a void for where you you're not, don't have happiness. And so you can go get that, you know, as they call it, retail therapy, right? That's what that's about. Um, the money scripts, those are lies we tell ourselves both consciously and subconsciously and the behaviors we adopt to support them. So I'm going to describe to you some of the behaviors to recognize and kind of see what category you fall into. So the first one is money avoidance. The money blocks associated with this are we have less money and a lower net worth than non-avoiders. We tend to overspend, sacrifice our well-being for others. We hoard, avoid looking at bank statements and have trouble sticking to a budget. When we believe money is bad, I don't want to say we, they believe money is bad. Um, and avoiders sabotage their own financial success in an unconscious effort to save, to have as little of, as possible. And again, this comes often to the fact of you You've made some conclusion about people with money, what you think about wealthy people that usually gets down to it. So if you've seen somebody hurt somebody you love or other people, often you say you make a vow very early on to say, I don't want to hang on to money because that will make me a bad person. And so that that's something that, that I often find when talking to people of why it's hard to hang on to money. I definitely relate uh, a lot to that one. I'm curious to see what the other ones look like too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in some of the scripts you say are, I don't deserve money. Money is the root of all evil. Wealthy people are corrupt. Having a lot of money makes me a bad person. And, you know, yet they believe money would solve all their problems and go back and forth between hating money and wanting more of it. And so many people fall into this category. And that was me for many, many years. Now, the other one is money worship. The money blocks here are you believe that money is the key to happiness and the solution to all their problems. They believe that they never have enough money and that they will never be able to afford all they want in life. Worshippers tend to overspend attempting to buy happiness, get trapped in credit card debt and have lower income and net worth. Some of the associated money scripts with that are I can never have enough money. Money will give me the meaning of life. We if we aren't that, if you aren't that person, you probably know somebody who has this, this life view. The more money I have, the happier I will be. I can never be happy if I'm poor. If I had more money, things in my life would be better. Now, money status is another one. And that is, we be, they believe 
Their self-worth is determined by their net worth. They overspend trying to convince others they are financially successful. Or they normally make less money and have lower net worth. They are most likely to spend compulsively, be financially dependent on others, and lie about spending and gamble. Some of the associated money scripts there are, I'm only successful as the amount of money I make. Or others will like me if I have more money or nice things. Now, money vigilance, this, is, this one's an interesting one as well. This is somebody who has a lot of money. Their behaviors are they are watchful, alert, and concerned about their financial well-being. They believe it's important to work hard for money and save and use credit wisely. They don't gamble or overspend. However, why are they in this presentation? Is because the problem is when they take savings and frugality to the extreme and have a difficult time spending or enjoying the fruits of their labor. Some of the associated money scripts for that are, I can't trust anyone with money or people only want me for my money. I shouldn't spend money on myself or others or giving to the poor encourages laziness. Or if you have nothing, then you have nothing to lose. So I'm sure everybody wants to know what's the important question. Okay, now I, I've identified what my money blocks are. What are the scripts I'm telling myself? What are some of the things I can do to overcome them? First is admit them. Bringing those subconscious scripts into the consciousness. As I said, most of our behaviors are coming from our subconscious. And so once we admit them, you can't deal with something if it, you don't know it's there, right? I mean, that's the, the, the classic, you know, the, the classic issue is deny, as long as you have denial, you're going to keep doing it and keep getting in, in you know, in bad patterns, um, you know, that, that whole vicious cycle. And we want to learn to be coming, moving into a virtuous cycle. Adopt an abundance mentality. An abundance mentality says there is enough for everyone. Scarcity mentality says there's only enough for a select few. Now on this as well, on this abundance mentality, this is both for money as well as skill sets or anything in life. But this is where I come across it the most in my work is about money or, or that, you know, let, let's say for ex instance, you know, there are a lot of coaches in a lot of my networking group that target professional women, but you know what? There's, there are with an abundance mentality that you believe that the right people for me, there are enough of them. And I'm not afraid of, of aligning with these other coaches because there are skills that I bring that those other people don't bring. And we actually can be complimentary. You know, one of my favorite quotes is one plus one equals three. <laughs> You know, and that's actually just talking to somebody last week about the way that, you know, some people try to close their sales by staying on the phone. And, you know, once they get you on a call, they're not hanging up until they get a yes out of you. Yeah. It's really scarcity mindset because it's this huge fear that if this person doesn't become your client, then what if there isn't another person? And an abundant mindset is just like, let's get on the phone and see if we're aligned, if we're a good fit to work together. If not, no problem. Somebody else will be, you know, it's so much more relaxed. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's also, it is aligning with your purpose, right? The right people who need my skill sets are going to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And if not, it's not going to be, it's not going to work out well for either one of you. You know, a lot of times, 
you know, I spend a lot of time talking to my clients about the number of times I've thanked people for closing a door on my nose. <laughs> you know, I used to think about, oh, poor me, nobody wants me. And I used to have that mentality. And now it's like, thank you for letting me know that that we're not a good match. You know, didn't have to be so abrupt, but hey, you know, that that's fine. But rather, you know, just bless them and, you know, let them do yeah, their otherwise thing. Otherwise, you'll end up with a client who's a pain to work with because you're not well aligned and you're not communicating well. And like nobody wants to be drawing in clients who are a pain to work with. Well, well, absolutely. And, you know, some are a pain and some are just a mismatch, you know. We're not. Yeah, that's really what I mean. Like, not that the person is a pain, but just like if they're well, not. The but there are pain. those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and not everybody was made for for us, you know. And it's finding those right people, and mm -hmm. that kind of leads into leads us into the second point, which is surround yourself by abundant-minded people. I mean, our tribe is so 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 important about who we surround ourselves with. And do they, do they also, are they pouring these positive messages into you? Because as you know, when, you know, you go through life, you're going through your business, you're going through whatever matters to you is you're going to trip. You're going to fall. Things are going to happen. You're going to have bad days. You know, not everybody has, you know, you can't have good days every day. Is your tribe going to be there to remind you who you are and what, what you said you wanted to do and love you enough to help you know, to, to help lift you up. And sometimes you need a hub too. And that's what a tribe's good for too. Is this a tribe that will do that for you? Do you have that trust? And do you have that, that kind of relationship? And if you don't have that, that's something you really need to start seeking because when you have that safety, that's when you can really kind of be vulnerable and go for it. And, you know, the third one is drop victimhood. Just because you were born poor doesn't mean you were created, you weren't created to thrive. You know, in fact, a lot of times if you are born poor, that that's all the more incentive to say, I, I want to do better and I want I want to be able to step into what I need to do because you can make money when you are stepping into what you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, and because otherwise it just becomes an excuse and you just keep yourself there and say, well, you know, and it's just kind of like a generational thing. I'm in generational poverty and I accept that. We don't have to accept that. That's what was. But you have the power to do something about it and change that. The other one is to rewrite the script. Your new belief might look something like this. Money supports my happiness. Money is a tool that I use to do good in the world. And whenever you feel your old belief creeping up, make the conscious decision to stop in your tracks and say your new money and say your new money belief out loud like you own it. That's a good one because those old beliefs do like they are they're yeah. persistent keep coming back up. Exactly. And so, you know, and there's a couple other techniques that you can use as well. Bedtime affirmations. You can write down a new belief on a piece of paper and keep it near to your bed and read it aloud as you drift to sleep. They've done studies to show that what, you know, whatever you're thinking about before you go to bed is what your brain will process first. So if you are trying to adopt new beliefs and overcome those lies, tell your brain what it needs to start thinking and assimilating. You know, I always talk about, I have all these files in my brain. It's like, okay, which file do I have it in? So let's create a new file. And when, you know, you get the positive files, they will, they will start, you know, 
as you know, doing this, doing the purge, getting rid of the old files so you can replace them with new ones. And, you know, also while you're sleeping is when our bodies heal, you know, and our, and our, and our minds are part of our bodies. And that's when, you know, we're asleep in that our obnoxious voices we have that, you know, that thinking brain that says that, you know, that we we're not supposed to be doing this or all the 900 reasons why this won't work when we're sleeping. Those have been bypassed, especially if we've told our brain what to think before we go to sleep. Mm, that's a great point. Yeah. Getting yeah. Self-sabotage voice in your head that panics as you start getting more successful. Yeah. You know, and that's really interesting too, because a lot of times, you know, people stuck in victim mentality will be blaming other people for those voices. But if we're honest, we had a choice to agree with it. So, and then our voice is agreeing with that as well. So, you know, when we're taking accountability and said, I have the power to, to create my own skip, my, my, my own scripts and my, and what I'm going to be doing in the future, that's where it's really empowering. And you can start in, I'm a dreamer, so I love it because I actually turn them into dreams. So that makes it even more fun for me. <laughs> um, it can, and be it can be really scary. Like, it sounds like so easy, you know, just start saying affirmations. But like I had one of my clients was a manifestation coach. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I remember most that she would teach people is that our brains are trying to keep us in our comfort zone because they yeah. do that as like, we know this is safe. So as you're stretching, yeah. you're growing outside of your comfort zone, the brain is freaking out like please come back come back where it's safe and so that's what we're kind of i don't want to say fighting because that's such a strong like you know it's not your antagonist your brain is trying to be helpful and so well it's but, doing its job it's just being obedient you know and that's mm -hmm. and also that's something to to also say keep your your affirmations positive because if you say i am not a fill in the blank our brains actually don't hear not so always put it into the positive because our brains were designed to follow our instructions. So they're just being, you know, they're just being an obedient to the, to the master of our voice. Mm -hmm. And so when we understand that, that's when we, you know, our, 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 we can get our brain working for us and not against us anymore. And, you know, we can be compadres versus um, adversaries. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the last techniques that's really important too is visualizations. So when you start visualizing what you want to do um, and how you want to describe yourself and the new and the new ways you want to think about money and the new attitudes, visualize what your life would look like. Visualize your attitude. I mean, just as I'm talking about it, you can even see me lifting it up because I'm visualizing it as I'm speaking to you. And and so, uh, you know, when you incorporate all the senses, it's really when it had it, it really has the highest chance of really taking because all your being, even again, your body, your body, stand up straight, say, I believe it. I'm confident. I believe what I'm saying. And some, you know, a lot of times they say, you know, the, the, the longest trip is the 18 inches from your head to your heart. Right. And sometimes you got to say it, let, let the words lead, but then tell the rest of your body. If I, if I agreed with you, how would the rest of me behave? And that's how you can start, you know, because again, you can just say affirmations, people do it, you know, and it's like, okay, world peace. Okay. Not happening. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, but when you come into something very, very realistic and something that um, you believe, because if you don't believe it, 
there's a disconnect and that's where sometimes you know like you're saying there can be this this dissonance there mm -hmm. but when you start believing it and you tell your body again i can tell my shoulders i can tell my chest to believe it sometimes before my head does but start walking it like you believe it and that's really where you'll start owning it so you know if you if you have a healthy relationship with money what would my life look like would i be would i be yelling at money and you know and when my bills come in what would be my attitude would it be like oh that's awesome i can pay my bills you know and i am so grateful for this electric bill because without that i couldn't have the lights on at my house you know, I thank you for that mortgage because without that, I wouldn't have a roof over my head and be grateful for your bills. And when you start putting out that spirit of, of gratitude over your bills and your money and thank God that I have this money that's going to be able to pay for that and be grateful for that. That's really how you can start turn, shifting your gears with your money attitudes. Those are fantastic tips. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they, 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 they have a huge impact. You know, I, I've, it's, it's, it's interesting because whenever, you know, you're a coach, often you say, Hey, have I actually done these myself? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I can speak to these is because many of these I've experienced, I've been on both sides of it. So I know that it works and mm -hmm. it's, they're really powerful. Yeah. I, I, like I said, was so surprised by how much the mindset is crucial to the success in business, just, and, and the way that it keeps on coming up, you know, I think, oh, I worked really hard on my money mindset and now I'm, now I'm good, but it's yeah. uh, still a work in progress and keeps getting better. But I, I have these regular freak outs. It's like every Friday I end up calling my, my own business coach, like, I'm scared about this. And I'm freaking out about this. And what if I can't do this? <laughs> I think yeah. the weekend freaks me out because it doesn't have the like, I can just work all day and not think about it. The weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's important to really unpackage it because we've, you know, we've got our money scripts and then, you know, then, you know, the other thing, you know, our other chapter, we talk about what are my excuses. And then again, what, what, what's back to my purpose and, you know, I, I, I say that a lot, but it's really important to like have a vision of where you're going to be. And then money is the tool that it is. It's just a tool. I love that. Fantastic. Not, it's, it's, it's not an object to be sworn at <laughs> <laughs> or hate or begrudge. Right. You know, it's because, mm -hmm. you know, you have relationships with all sorts of things. We talk about relationships with people, but you do have a relationship with money. It's something that until we're done with our time here on this big rock in the sky, we're going to have to deal with money. And so you can either hate it or embrace it. May as well embrace it. Yep, absolutely. So very cool. Yeah. I mean, when you say I love money, just then don't make it your God. Cause that's, you know, that's the other extreme. Mm -hmm. And, and then you arrive you know, and that's also, you know, then get me off on a whole nother topic about the dangers of always saying, when I get this, I'll arrive. When I get this, when I'll arrive, rather than it's a journey. Um, I remember, and, I remember my family talking about that a lot, that trap of thinking, well, once I get this next thing, then I'll be happy or then I'll be prepared or whatever that like, you can keep doing that your whole life and never get to there. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's also, 
you know, when a lot of times people will be setting out their goals and they'll say, I want to make X amount of money, you know, and, 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 and goals are good, but, um, a lot, and a lot of times they'll just say, I want more money, which is nebulous because you'll never, as you start making more money, you keep wanting to make more money. So more money is just something just, you know, kind of like a rabbit you're chasing. Um, I always wonder that when I see these coaches who are like, well, my company hit a million dollars and, you know, I don't really have any overhead. And I'm like, why are you here launching this new course? Like, Yeah, exactly. There's more to this story, I think. <laughs> take your million dollars enjoy it why are you here right exactly go go live your life <laughs> i think yeah. also like when my goals with money changed it helped make it really practical it took it away from the mindset because at first it was i want to be making as much money as my dad because he is the bar of this is what yeah. success means Mm -hmm. But that is a goal that is so tied up with all of these mindset issues. Right. Whereas exactly. now I'm looking at um, my husband's job is changing. We're not really sure it's kind of in flux. So maybe I need to take over supporting us. So, okay, let's look at exactly what our expenses are yeah. and put in a buffer. And then here's your goal. And it's like, those are just practical steps. Those are practical steps. And then what practical steps do I have to put into place? What's my strategy to be able to get there? And, and then it becomes a strat, you know, chasing money, saying I need more money is not a strategy. Mm -hmm. That's an outcome. And so, uh, you know, we're really working on the strategy and the tactics to say, what will, what will, what, what purpose will this money that I'm trying to get serve? Is, is, is this to put food on the table? Is this because I have a cause that matters a lot to me and I want to be able to make more money so I have access to give to them? Or am I doing this because I want to leave a legacy for my children or trust or, you know, there's. And, you know, so also understanding where your money has a purpose and it really, when you, you know, and one of the big things, you know, especially for people that the majority, I think it's only 30% of people actually have a budget. I think that's the latest stat. So yeah, it's, it's very, very low. So since so many people are, who are listening to this may fall into that, even though they may not admit it. Um, one of the biggest things is every dollar has a job. And to think about what's that, what's, what's its job. So it's just like a worker bee and, and, and getting you to where you want to go and help you achieve your goals versus to be, you know, the love of your life, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. The love of your life or the enemy of your life. Right. You know, right. It, it needs to be in the so middle. much emotion into this. Tool. It is. It's so strange. <laughs> yeah. And so that's how you take the emotion out of it is by giving it a job. Mm, that's a great tip too. Yeah. Well, I really yeah. appreciate you coming on today and giving us great advice. And you My talked goodness. about your book, Mind of Gold, which is available on Amazon. And then yeah, this is what it, oops. <laughs> this is what it looks like, Mind of Gold. It also we also have a workbook. Um, the most common thing people say about this book is that it's very practical. Mm. Um, and in fact, I just spoke to a professor at um, the University of Kentucky, and they're going to actually start using it in one of their classes because she bought this for her daughter and she was amazed how practical it was. Oh my goodness. Well, and that is an endorsement. 
Yeah, and we just got it. We just got hired by University of Texas as well to be, wow. and we're doing this for their veterans. And so it's very exciting. That's like I said, it's very very practical, and and we don't get in there and you know we we're not there. Our goal isn't to beat you up. Our goal is to hold your hand. And, you know, and so our online courses, you know, there's all sorts of learning types. And so we've got the workbooks. So you get lots of practical, uh, you get a practical opportunity to practice what you learned in the book. And then the online course is basically the book um, as a video course. Mm. And so a lot of people do all three because the more, you know, the, the, the more type of learning you do, the higher chance you have of letting it stick. But, but yeah, there, you know, you can get that at our website, finliteracyforher.com. So it's fin like short for financial fin literacy for her.com. Yep. That's correct. Yep. Okay. We've got that in the description as well. Excellent. Well, yeah. thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful today. I am very glad that this worked out and now I've tested out doing slides in the podcast. Now we know so we can do that. See, you just expanded your repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to end this here. And okay. thank you, everybody who has stuck around and watched. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone.